0: I am spoiling the Empire Strikes Back. Pray I do not spoil Return of the Jedi.
1: Alright, boys, keep tight
2: now.
3: Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking, nerve-herder! Who's scruffy-looking? Welcome to Diabolical comedy podcast where four long-suffering friends dissect films with dastardly schemes then try to improve them. I'm your host Ben and this week's movie is the gigantic Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back. So quickly resolve any lingering daddy issues, put your faith in a hokey old religion and let's get diabolical. Hello and welcome to the show. As usual, I'm here with three of the galaxy's most inexperienced fighter pilots, otherwise known as the Panel of Peril. Please introduce yourselves and tell us your favourite instalment of the Star Wars universe, be it film, game, TV show or otherwise. And as a cheeky bonus, tell us what colour your lightsaber would be. We'll go in reverse... Alphabetical order. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> 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 indeed,
4: indeed. I'm Gaz. I'm Gaz, <laughs> and my favourite Star Wars <laughs> thing is that scene or two that Werner Herzog's in in The Mandalorian, and he's all Werner Herzoggy talking about the entropy of life and so forth. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. very nice,
4: actually. And uh, my lightsaber color would be... Uh, they've all been done, haven't they? Uh, white. Let's have a white one.
3: You're allowed to copy other colors. That's all right, because there's, there's a what? finite amount of colors.
4: Okay. I'm still going white, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that would look quite striking.
3: You wouldn't want flames down the
1: side. Like your boots. <laughs> Damn. Uh, what's the name? Ahsoka, Ahsoka had uh, white ones, didn't she? Well, he's going to have them soon, very soon. Yeah. <sighs> I'll
5: take you, wait for it. He's right, he's right. <laughs> uh, Bigs Manjuice here, a.k.a. as Count Attacula, <laughs> a.k.a. as Scrake. My favourite Star Wars, aside from the Empire Strikes Back, is Andor. I fucking love Andor. It's great. Mm.
1: I knew you were going to say that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so did
5: I My uh, lightsaber would be my favourite colour Miami Vice A little bit of pink, a little bit of blue <laughs> That's Vice. your favourite colour? Yeah, not neither of them on their own But together, those two particular shades Like a Vaporwave lightsaber mm.
3: All right.
1: Adam here I'll have to say it, my favourite installment is Empire Strikes Back Really, because it's the thing that I keep going back to after years and years and years. But the close second was Knights of the Old Republic, the game. Yeah, what
3: a game. I've got that here on my on my list too. I've still never played it. Ah, it's so good. I've, I've got it on my phone these days.
5: It feels like it must be too old now to be good, right? Or for me to no, into...
3: no. It's on. No, <laughs> you want to play it. It's still worth playing. Still got it. Yeah. So my favourite instalment is, is Return of a Jedi. I've just got a soft spot for it. I love it even with all the changes.
5: The climactic battle, especially, in that it's uh, my favourite moment of everything. It's great. There's a lot of bits of that film that don't hold up quite as well as Empire Strikes Back.
3: Yeah, probably not. It's I just, you know, something inside me, a little, a little yeah. gooey, soft centre. I get it. Something yeah. inside
6: then, so strong.
3: Yeah. Nostalgia, probably. And, yeah, second <laughs> is nicely nicely Old Republic. I remember playing it the first time back when I was in uni and it's just been blown away by it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Later, we'll be competing to see who can come up with the most diabolical scheme and earn wizard payroll points for the diabolical leaderboard. But first, let's take our first steps into the larger world of this week's movie. The second part of the original Star Wars trilogy was released in May 1980 to mixed reviews from critics, who simultaneously decried the darker tonal shift and praised the bolder artistic ambition. Regardless, the film was a smash at the box office, going on to gross more than $500 million across its various runs, against a budget of $30.5 million. Creator George Lucas handed directorial duties to his former film school teacher Irvin Kirshner, and brought back stars Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, who had become household names following the intergalactic success of the first instalment in the series. The film begins with Darth Vader and his Imperial forces in pursuit of the Rebel Alliance, less than impressed by the destruction of the Death Star three years earlier. Finding them on a remote ice planet, the Empire defeats the Rebels, sending them scattering across the galaxy. Our hero, Luke Skywalker, journeys to a swamp planet to train with an eccentric Jedi master who has been in hiding since the fall of the Republic. But in an attempt to turn young Skywalker to the dark side, Vader lures him into a trap in the cloud city of Bespin. To this day, Empire is revered as one of the darkest and most complex stories to take place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Giving us memorable moments such as the rebel battle against the Empire on the ice planet Hoth, Luke's trip to Dagobah to meet the irrepressible Yoda, Han and Leia's smouldering romance, Lando's betrayal, and of course, Darth Vader's big reveal. In my eyes, it's a stone-cold classic that, regardless of the lens of nostalgia, deserves its place as one of the world's most beloved films and could stand toe-to-toe with any other sequel out there. But does the panel agree? Adam. If you could conjure your review of this film into some yellow writing that drifts off into space at an odd angle, what would the headline say? Hmm. <laughs> it's, um. I guess, yeah,
1: it's a, it's a bloody good. My suggestion is you
5: just ignore whatever <laughs> fruity way he. Phrases it I like no, but I like I, I like it. Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah, no, but I like it. It'd just be like um, science science fiction, but not as you've seen Episode it before. Episode ten. I like it. Yeah. These are the voyages of Darth Vader <laughs> on his continuing missing mission to destroy the galaxy in strange new ways with new contraptions to boldly choke where no one has choked before. Perfect.
3: Like
1: that.
3: Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all I'm thinking of is Vader played by Will Shatner now. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. my, yeah, my note for this is I wish I could erase my memories of seeing the first three films and go back and watch them all again. Um, because I, I it still fills me with wonder now, but I'm just like I'd like to be able to see it all from the start, particularly this one again. And I remember where exactly where I watched this in in my nines flat, probably in the very early '90s, on a beat up old video cassette of my cousins. Wow! Well, uh, and then playing, we had the snow speeder toy and all that kind of stuff as well, and the snow beast, whatever it's called, I can't remember. The wampa. wampa had that and the Tontons, the lot, and my nine just used to go to yeah, Wumpa, that's it. Uh, she used to have, she used to go to all the charity shops and collect all that. So not only did she like my, my cousin have the films, but then she had all the toys that you should go around the, buying out of the charity shops. And at the time, of course they were you know 10p, 20p a pop. They're probably absolutely priceless now. So but um yeah I've just mm. got lots of affection for this film. So many classic scenes and then it's Keeps going well beyond its age. Really, it's people seem to find new ways to riff on on Empire, probably more than any of the others, and it just continues to inspire filmmakers and and fans around the world. Really, so I'll end by saying this: it's in my top three films of all time.
3: Oh, really? Wow! Dracula, easy.
1: Blackula, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Anaconda, <laughs> one and two. Fanny Conda, the poem version.
6: (laughs) (laughs) And Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Yeah,
5: it'd be great to erase the memory of Empire Strikes Back just to experience the twist, because it's such a a cultural touchstone. I think I was aware of what he says before I'd ever seen Uh, it.
1: Right, okay. I wasn't. I think because the age we were, we probably didn't fully appreciate what it meant, did we? So, yeah. oh
5: yeah, you know, it, yeah. it meant more to me as I got older. But you know, it mm. it came out before we were born, so by the time mm. I was old enough to so watch it, I was well aware of you know who the characters were and what their relation was to each other. In fact, I think I saw Return of the Jedi before I saw Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh
3: right, I I definitely saw Empire before Jedi. Yeah, but but you you are you're right there, Turner. There's something about this film that just captures the imagination in a way that a lot of other films never manage. Mm-hmm. But it was always on in my house. Yeah. There was always some Star Wars film on in my house. because My older brother was a huge fan as well. Just to go back mm-hmm. to your, your, your the toys you, your nan bought, did you have the Wampa with yeah. the soft, not the Wampa sorry, the Tonton with the soft stomach or the hard stomach? Uh, hard stomach. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So we had the one with the soft stomach. It was two mm-hmm. rubber flaps that you could force a figure into. <laughs> I remember it <laughs> I
1: never seen that one
3: <laughs> yeah That's amazing. didn't you also have
5: the the Yoda with the orange <laughs> snake but the, the coat was missing so he just had his underclothes and his orange snake well,
3: I don't know I don't remember that
5: because he used to come with a little fabric coat but I think you'd lost it
3: it sounds possible we mm-hmm. had the Luke Skywalker and Vader with the lightsabers that went down their arm mm. you could bring We had out. that as well, yeah. the Vader with
1: the lightsaber and the arm with the cloak. That's worth loads now, isn't it? If you've got the cloak as well
3: with the Vader slide with the thing coming out of the arm, that's worth an absolute fortune now. I was, Just, yeah, I was, I was telling Millie the other day in the car that we, we were doing this for the podcast and I mentioned the toys and she says, where are they now? I, goes, oh, I said, you know, your you grandma gave them away when I went to uni. And she went, what? <laughs> 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 uh... right tell us your thoughts on this film
5: not in a fruity way not, don't want to know my text crawl or something
3: just, just, just no. give, give me straight up <laughs> on the rocks
5: yeah there's a reason that it routinely tops you know polls of the greatest films of all time and to do that you have to resonate with your kind of regular viewers and film critics who know what they're talking about. It's a much more accomplished film than the other Star Wars films. Evan Kirshner is a great director. The script by Lawrence Kasdan is a significant step up from the other movies in the trilogy. And it, I I always remember something stuck in my head. When the prequels were coming out, and Simon Peck had his meltdown over The Phantom Menace, then (laughs) when... When the first trailer started coming out for Attack of the Clones, he wrote a piece, like an op-ed in Empire, where he said, yeah, you know, Star Wars, it's not Pergamon or Fellini, it's Star Wars, and we shouldn't be expecting it to be high art. But when I watched Empire, particularly when I watched it for this, with like a, an, an analysis sort of mindset, it's uh, so full, It's so dense with brilliant visual motifs. It's it feels more like high fantasy than the other Star Wars films. It's got a lot of kind of you know archetypal characters in it, sets that are evocative of other places, and I personally think it's a, an excellent movie, one of the best movies ever made.
3: I agree, and I think what it does really well, perhaps more so than the others, is is the tension. You always feel. Yeah. Like the empire is just a, a step away, they're right, they're right on your on your tail.
5: It's funny that as well because what this film does differently to most of the other Star Wars films. Most of them build up to a huge climactic battle, like the Death Star trench run. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lightsaber duel in this, but it's usually like a huge space battle as well. And the ending yeah. of this one's so much quieter. It's just them yeah. two, and, and it, it's almost anticlimactic. It builds. It spends all its action in the start. You get the the battle on Hoth, like you said, and then you get all the action in the asteroid field and everything. As it comes to the end, it just puts the brakes on, and it's like, yeah, we're just doing this, and it's just going to be these guys now. Uh, and it's tense in a really different way. It, yeah. it doesn't let you have the release at the end. Yeah. In fact, you you leave it feeling more bottled up.
3: Can you imagine having seen that in the cinema? And oh, then wow. just like, oh, how long have I, I got to wait for the next one?
5: Even when we had obviously seen it a bunch of times, I remember feeling really like it was special when we went mm. to the ninety seven special editions to watch yeah. it yeah so pleased that we got to do that uh, you know it was yeah. great that, mm. I don't even really care about the changes you made especially to this one obviously the the fewest changes were made to the special edition of this you get the in fact I don't think in, in ninety seven we got this but you do get Clive Revel replaced by Ian McDiarmid as the emperor,
7: yeah
5: which kind of it makes sense, but I do miss his bizarre upside-down monkey eyes and, and his voice and everything. His original <laughs> version of the Emperor was really cool. I liked it. Uh, but apart from that, I think you really only get... Uh, Cloud City's got, like, expanded visuals, hasn't it? Yeah. And I like all that stuff.
3: Yeah, I think it's good. I think those changes open up the world, actually, mm. in, a, in a good way. Before mm. we go too much further down this rabbit hole, Gaz, I was always brought up to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. So with that <laughs> firmly in mind, what are your thoughts on this film?
4: Uh I think it's for fucking dorks and losers. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh it's it's not for me. <laughs> in certainly in my younger days, I've I've enjoyed a Star Wars or two. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I've told you guys this story before, but I'll I'll tell it to the Peril pals out there in podcast land in about 2015 16 we went to legoland windsor and there's a big big star wars display it's so oh. a big big building with lots of the famous scenes recreated lots of fellas and women you. and kids
3: it's just i want to know if the end of the story is that you slammed your daughter's head into the exhibit <laughs> <laughs> no
4: no there's lots of people adults kids all sorts getting their their photos taken with these massive Lego displays. And round about where we got to the Battle of Hoth, ironically, from near the start of this very film, uh, my wife, Becky, said to me, do you want me to take your picture with any of these? And I was just like, "Uh, I don't think I like Star Wars, you know? (laughs) We just sort of trooped out of the thing, just skipped past all the rest of it. And uh, yeah, you know, I've seen all the mainline entries in the cinema, but beyond that, One? no. Fallen asleep during it twice. Oh wow! So I've seen probably about twenty minutes of it. No interest in seeing Han Solo. Tried Andor, couldn't get into it. Haven't watched season three of The Mandalorian. Probably won't. <laughs> so you're just not you're just not jiving with the universe.
6: It's it's just not for me. It I
4: don't know what it is. Yeah. It just um yeah I just don't click with it, as people don't. So don't at me, angry nerds in the comments. (laughs) I understand why people like it. It's just
5: it's it's not not my cup of tea. But beyond that, beyond not being into it as a cultural phenomenon, Hmm. what do you think of this film as a piece of filmmaking? Oh, it's the best one, easily, by an absolute mile. But were you able to look past the kind of plot and look at it
3: Like critically,
5: not critically really, but more like visually. Mm. You know, Lucas bangs on about things rhyming and how Star Wars should be able to work as a silent film. You've got like this repeating cave and tunnel motif, and every time you get it, the the cave or cave like room has teeth, and the whole thing in this film is like they're in the belly of the beast, right? Luke's on a course for being swallowed by the dark side and, and by the Empire. Vader's already there the The falcon literally gets eaten by this, uh, it's called an exogorth, the asteroid worm thing.
3: That's what it's was called.
5: Yeah, exogoth.
4: I'd have called it a Chaz, was
5: <laughs> As Luke is kind of drawn through Cloud City, all the camera positions as he's walking in are like concealed. They're half hidden around the corner. Yeah. They're looking out at him. And he's drawn through it in a very fantastical way. It's so like a, a fairy tale, that bit. And it's all labyrinthine. But when the door closes on R two, that door's got teeth. Same looking teeth as the worm that eats the falcon. Uh, even like Darth Vader's pod mm. that he sits in, it's like a mouth eating him. Yeah, I just think it's such a a piece of cinema. And then at the end, it's almost like Alien when Darth Vader's like hunting Luke through Cloud City. There's a sound effect when Luke's walking through Cloud City, which is the noise the Nostromo makes, like the hum. It was originally designed for the tractor beam um, Shutdown sequence in the first Star Wars uh, And it, it's in uh, Blade Runner as well yeah. It's uh, like ambient noise in Deckard's apartment Shared universe
3: Interesting you brought up Alien there Because before they cast Billy D. Williams as Lando Do you know who they had in line to play Lando?
5: Sigourney
3: yeah, Weaver Yafakoto. Yafakoto. for Weaver. Yeah, <laughs> <Skinny Yeah. either. laughs> Sigourney Weaver turned it down <laughs> Yeah but he said no because he didn't want to be typecast in science fiction films Having recently played Parker Oh what a fucking big mistake that was Yeah Before I ask you for your, your highlights and favourite lines We're going to play a little game I'm calling The Trivlenium Falcon mm-hmm. hey! I'm going to read you some movie facts with some banter poodoo thrown Oof, in for good measure. If you think the fact is true, say, impressive, most impressive. <laughs> if you think it's fake, say, laugh it up, fuzzball. Right. In early drafts of the script, Darth Vader was not Luke's father. Laugh it
5: up, fuzzball. Laugh it up,
3: fuzzball.
4: Impressive, most impressive.
3: Well, Gaz is right on that way. Lucas claims he had the notion Uh. in mind from the start, but the idea didn't appear until the second draft of Empire. And in the first draft, there's a contradictory appearance of a different father, a ghostly presence like Kenobi, Mm. apparently. All right, next one. Han Solo's I Know wasn't in the script. Impressive, Impressive. most Most impressive. impressive. Yeah, impressive, most impressive. Okay. Okay. Well, you're right. That is true. Although it's become one of the series' most iconic lines, it was improvised by Harrison Ford. The written line was, I love you too. Mm -hmm. And there was another version that was, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. (laughs) Recalling the day of the shoot, Kirshner said it was a very hot day and they had steam shooting in their faces. The dwarves were falling apart and many were fainting from the heat. And he said, no, it's not right even though everyone wanted to go for lunch, and this was the last shot they had to do. So he kept feeding lines to Harrison Ford, but nothing felt in character for Han Solo until Ford, frustrated, said the immortal line. Kirshner immediately called lunch, and he knew he had it. But in editing, L- George Lucas was horrified. He felt it wasn't true to the character. Kirshner, apparently, he, he kind of held firm, and at a test screening, the audience roared and whooped when he said it, and, uh, and Lucas conceded.
5: He conceded that he sold it with a single line. Yeah,
3: <laughs> as, as he often does. All right, next one. In early drafts of the script, Yoda was known as Minch Yoda or the Critter.
5: Impressive, most impressive. Impressive, most impressive. Uh,
1: the, other, the other one, whatever they said, laughing <laughs> Laugh <it> at fuzzball. <laughs>
3: So that was in fact true over different drafts he was also called Minch or Buffy strangely Buffy. before they settled on Yoda mm. and he was originally a larger slimy creature Buffy the Empire Slayer oh he's done it again getting
5: some thing. kind of sweet sound effect for that
3: you're not getting overtured it's not an overture, he?
5: no he might he might <laughs>
3: Last one. In the script distributed for the shoot, it was written that Bail Organa was Luke's father. Laugh it up, Fuzzball.
5: uh, Laugh it up, Fuzzball.
3: I'll just say, uh, most impressive It was in fact false. It was written that Obi-Wan was his father. Mm -hmm. However, this was to keep the truth Mm. from leaking out.
5: Keep the truth from David Prowse specifically, who believed that he he had said, Obi-Wan is your father and... uh, (laughs) He apparently did leak it, didn't he? And uh oh, really? so at
3: one point, yeah. at one point, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a renowned leaker, and at one point Lucas had a report that said Harrison Ford, one leak, Carrie Fisher, one leak, David Prowse, nine leaks. <laughs> it's
4: like your broccoli system,
5: nine
3: leaks. Yeah. <laughs> nine leaks.
5: <laughs> Harrison Ford's leak was uh an interviewer for um time asked him. How, where do we find Han Solo at the start of the movie? And he says, "Oh, uh, I blow a guy on the way over there." How's that? That was his leak. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that scene was sadly cut from the film, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, sadly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was Chewy <laughs> in uh, in different ways. And the, the following scene was uh, was hand picking hairs from his teeth. <laughs> it's, 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 it was like a twelve-minute scene.
5: Also, because Harrison Ford had grown a full beard for a different film, so that's how they explained it. it just stuck on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So, uh, so when they are filming the real scene, Proust knew nothing, and at the crucial moment, Hamill imagined the line.
5: Yeah, because he knew he knew what it was. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
5: His reaction to that is so powerful. I mean. It's easy to take the piss out of because it's so, now nah, now nah, but it's, he really sells that That's moment.
4: not now. true.
6: That's impossible.
5: <laughs> and he looks so fucked up as well. His <laughs> face is all fucked up and it, obviously his yeah. hand's been yeah. well, He's just had
3: his hand cut off, hasn't he? Did, didn't he have a motorbike accident in real life?
5: Mm. That, yeah, That was that was um, before they started filming it. Though, in fact, I think they were still filming the end of the first one when it happened.
4: That's why the Wampus smacks him in the face, isn't it?
5: Right. Yeah. Mm. With Mark Hamill, in more stuff.
3: Yeah, I I don't think he gets enough credit.
4: You know the um, the story of David Lynch being offered to return of the Jedi Mm. to direct it. I think sequences like the sequence we're talking about now, with Luke uh, being told who his father is the most lynchy in the series. That that room mm. is so bizarre and doesn't seem yeah. to serve any other purpose apart from looking nightmarish. You just like, you know, I think Lynch would have had a field day with this one.
5: <laughs> yeah, it is very lynchy. The uh, the carbonite freezing room, mm. it looks like the planet where Vader fights Kenobi in episode three. It looks like it's made out of Mustafar. Mal- yeah, Mustafar. Mm. It looks like the inside of Hal. From
1: 2001. Mm.
3: Yeah.
5: And also yeah. we know Lucas was a big Kubrick fan. so.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he the works. influences watching this time, actually, they, uh, you can see them all over it, can't you?
5: There's a pod. It, you know, the pods that, that it goes out of the in on 2001. That pod is in Watto's scrapyard in Phantom Men.
3: Oh, well, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our favourite moments. Gazd. I'd like you to kick us off. If you had any, sir.
4: Well, initially, as I was watching, I wrote that the the whole Hoth opening is great. Little realizing that it runs for about forty minutes, so I've narrowed it down quite considerably. I in my head, I had I had that it was about 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, Jesus, this is a lot longer. So I've I've narrowed it down to when the ATATs first appear. And there's a scout looking through a pair of binoculars and it's filmed on like a grainy VHS yeah. type effect. And it, yeah. there's like a manual quick zoom in. And it's just just that effect. Mm-hmm. It adds so much realism to the model effects. Mm. I think it's superb. That whole battle sequence as well, taking down the AT-ATs, hooking around them and tripping them over is genuinely yeah, excellent. Really, really good. And the music as well during that uh, Williams score, superb.
3: Wonderful. I mean, yeah, special mention of that score throughout. That You know, that adds yeah. so much to the tension and pacing of the film. It's You can't imagine it without it. It's a nice
4: aesthetic as well, a, d- a difference from uh, A New Hope to start it off on a snowy plane as opposed yeah. to being yeah. basically in a desert for the entire mm. first film. Um, so it's, it's a nice yeah. visual change. Yeah and just pacing wise as well it's quite different having leak get captured instantly and, and so forth yeah. so yeah it's it's a nice uh sharp shock of a of an opening
3: yeah yeah so the uh, the scenes on hoth were filmed in norway in a place mm-hmm. called fins on a glacier and uh i think they they expected to film for kind of 3 months and they ended up going as long as 9 they went quite Quite a, a lot over because the weather was so horrific up there. So they, they went nine months over and came back with a with a lot less footage than George Lucas wanted. So he wasn't very happy when they when they came back. Mm-hmm. All right, T Dog, what are your your highlights of the film? My favourite,
1: I would say, is old Mister Bronson getting force choked to death.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> that is great, but my favourite example of a imperial officer being killed in this. Is there's a bit when Vader's talking to three holograms, and you see like an exterior yeah, shot Strayfield. of one of the Star Destroyers getting hit, and then the guy the hologram just dies.
1: Amazing.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a very funny film.
1: Yeah,
5: Empire Strikes Back. It's yeah. very funny.
1: But it's that um, it's that particular death scene, and um, was it Kenneth Collie mm. who plays him? Um, and um, I, I think I remember something him talking about it to George Lucas and, and he was saying, like George Lucas was saying, you're going to have one of the most iconic death scenes of, of movie history basically. And it is and it's one of those ones that will stay with you. And then there's a later one that we'll get to on favourite lines and that's, that's another one that I'm just like, every time I'm just like, oh, Vader is pissed! So I
3: absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Count Tacula tell us your highlight.
5: Han solo, Tegelo Carbon. Fucking ace. <laughs> remember I always wanted to have Han Solo on, on my wall would have been great. Uh, but what I especially love is just Harrison Ford's pose.
3: Yeah. So so when they were when they were doing the, the mold for that, originally Han, uh, Harrison Ford had his arms by his side mm. and and Kirshner saw the mould and said it's not Han Solo enough. So it's not true to the character, mm. he, Han Solo, would be fighting. So he, yeah. he made him go back and do it again.
5: That's excellent. I haven't heard that before. maybe mm. he was pleased.
3: Mm. He said, Kirsch, it would be a delight.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I've seen um, some fridges that have got a fridge door with Han Solo and carbonite. Yeah.
5: Nice, yeah.
1: amazing, <laughs> and I, I think the last one I saw was about two and a half grand, so um, I think that's wow. quite steep. Wow. Really. And, it's, and given inflation, they're probably about five grand by now.
5: Yeah, I do remember seeing a more affordable option, which was an ice cube tray. Maybe get that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you know that there was a, a practical reason for freezing hand in carbonite?
5: Yes, yeah, so that uh, um, Boba Fett could take a to job the
3: that. <laughs> yeah. No, well, actually, <laughs> following the original film, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher signed on for two additional movies, but Harrison right. Ford only signed on for one. Right. Oh. So they they froze him in carbonite to give the writers options in case he didn't sign for the third.
5: Oh. Yeah, just say "hand" in the text crawl. Hand melted. <laughs> <laughs> hand died on the way back to his home planet. Or <laughs> 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 well, they just have him in it, but he's still frozen in carbonite and they they he still pilots the falcon but he's like that one from airplane <laughs>
7: <laughs>
4: uh, you could put him like with a little hat on him and like with a, a little thing <laughs> with a, holding a martini glass <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
3: Oh, beautiful that's oh, good uh i mean there's all for me there's all the all the all the highlights that. Like, the, the big ones that everyone knows, the, the reveal mm. at the end. But one thing I really love throughout this is the is the costume design, particularly the imperial yeah. costumes. I think the snow trooper yeah. might be my favorite of all. Yeah. The uniforms, I love it. There's just something about it. It's terrifying.
5: The snow uniforms, great. Yeah.
3: You you look good in that. Yeah, I think I could pull it
5: off. Obviously, Han Solo just refuses to dress for the weather, except when he goes outside. When he's inside, the, the igloo, he's just dressed like normal. <laughs> Everyone else yeah. is freezing their tits off. But he's just got a wookie to come around and hug him if he gets chilly. <laughs>
3: uh, in in the igloo, as you call it, in the uh, the Rebel base on Hoth, mm. they actually built a full-size Millennium Falcon.
5: Yeah, mm. yeah, that's great when they're working on top of it. Seen the clip, I yeah. think we talked about it before, where you, uh, you get to hear Chewbacca's real voice talking to Han Solo. It's funny as fuck. As And it yeah, reminds me, as I was saying, you know, what I, what I love about this film, and you don't think about it very often, is how funny it is. Yoda's really funny. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's genuinely funny when you first yeah. meet him. Yeah, a little mischievous. Well, help you not. One of the best jokes in this is when the Falcon won't ignite, won't start, and Leia says, would it help if I get out unpushed? And, and Han's like, it might. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars forgot how to be funny when it came back, I think. Yeah. Because it was, it, was, it was really great.
3: Started to take itself too seriously.
1: Absolutely. They tried to re inject that a little bit with um, Ray and Finn, and I thought yeah. it worked to a certain extent.
3: Yeah, it wasn't unfortunately, bad.
1: Unfortunately, John Boyega didn't get the credit he was due. Um, he was great in cap- um, yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah.
5: The other thing that I find really funny in this, just a, just a little moment, that's just so funny is when Luke's getting ready to fly the X-Wing to Dagobah, and he's looking at what R2's saying to him, and he says, no, I don't need you to fly, I'll fly. <laughs> R2's trying to take over the controls of the ship, yeah. just to keep him, keep him there, because he thinks he's going nuts.
3: So You, you mentioned Dagobah, and obviously mm. the, there's some classic scenes there with Yoda. Yeah. There's the scene where Luke bangs his head on the roof,
5: because mm.
3: obviously the, the roof's low. Yeah. Kirshner made him do that 16 times. Ah,
7: to Bless get it him. right,
3: and also there's there's a point where uh, Obi Wan and Yoda are trying to convince Luke to stay on Dagobah, and he pulls a, a snake from the uh from the X wing. Mm. Apparently, it was supposed to be a harmless snake, but uh on the initial take, it bit Luke, it bit, <laughs> uh, bit Mark Hamill on the hand several times.
7: Christ.
5: <laughs> Don't you think it's really it's weird? It, I always find it really weird that there are snakes on Dagobah and like earth lizards because it's the only example of real life fauna throughout mm. Star Wars. And obviously, snakes are quite heavily symbolic. Mm. And again, that's why it makes me feel like it's more high fantasy. Like that Dagobah set, and it's all swampy and, and it reminds me more of like the kind of stuff we've been watching before, like your labyrinths and, and those kind of films, than it does a Star Wars film. And obviously the the cave that he goes into where he confronts himself in the guise of Vader mm. is all visual metaphor and it's all very much like straight out of a fantasy film. Which is why yeah. I've always agreed when people say it's not strictly science fiction, you know. It's more like Do you a You agree
3: with the term space opera.
5: Yeah. It's it's really like a medieval yeah. night fantasy thing, but happens to be set in space with lasers and stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. They also the the good thing about um Empire and its improvement over um a new hope is Darth Vader's a lot less camp. <laughs> so Yeah. He's very yeah, he's, he, you know, he, he, he's genuinely terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I, this is the, the thing I love about this so much, but it's 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 the amount of emotions that that Darth Vader's the character goes through. And it's like this yeah. steely Hugely frustrated, and then at some points, molten anger at the rebels and, and sad too. trying to convince, yeah. But then, yeah, he he swings the other way completely. You know, there's that yeah. compassion he has for his son when he reveals that he's his father, and it is compassion. There's, there's points
5: won't. in that lightsaber duel when he could kill him and he doesn't, he yeah. like lets yeah. him get away and stuff. And he's, mm. he looks so fucking sad when he when he drops. Uh, into the chasm and when he gets away
1: that whole lightsaber fight it's the father son equivalent of Mm. still being able to out sprint your son in a race for years (laughs) and then (laughs) and he's just like going i can i can run faster than you luke there's no point you you, i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you in this race there's no (laughs) point
3: that's that's the real reality
5: (laughs) yeah i have the high ground don't try
3: it yeah do you think being sucked into the exhaust port's uh, after Luke falls, after losing his hand. Do you think you'd get some kind of skin burns sliding down that? Yeah. I've had skin burns on slides, and you're meant to slide mm. down them.
5: But then he'll just go back into his uh, back-to-tank.
1: He kind of floats a little bit, doesn't it? Because he kind of gets sort of drawn in, and he
3: kind of goes, still air
1: cushion.
5: He's using the force, isn't he? He's steering himself in there with the force. Yeah. yeah, but
3: still sliding down that metal. You uh, get some good yeah. burns. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Count Well, we're on you, can you share your favourite line, please?
5: Yeah, it was tough, because uh, as ever, I got two, but I picked one. It's uh good shot, Jansen. You son it. of a bitch. <laughs> 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 All right, if Gaz wants that, let's pretend I didn't say it. <laughs> I'll say it was easy, because I've got one that's a real standout, and it's um, Captain... Being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. Sorry, sweetheart. We don't have time for anything else. Very
0: good. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what's yours, guys? Uh, it's, it's easy
4: because there was one standout and it's... Uh, good shot, Jansen.
5: <laughs> 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 you like that one, fucking <laughs> brilliant. I think you McGregor's uncle, what's he called? Dennis? Dennis Lawson. Dennis Lawson. By and large, he's he's a good actor. He was. Do you remember he was in Holby City? He's really good in that. But in this, he's fucking awful, isn't he? Atrocious. (laughs) Can't deliver (laughs) a line to save his life. (laughs) But the way he says "Good chat, Jensen" just cracks me up because it's so stilted. (laughs) It's like they invited him along to make this film, and he got there, and he's like, "What the fucking hell is this?" And he's just like, "I'll just say whatever (laughs) they want me to say at the pace they want me to say it. Take my check, and I'll go." (laughs)
3: <laughs> nice days filming lawson i bet that's what they said after he walked off he's
5: like who am i who, who am i reading for and they went you're reading for the part of wedge antilles and he's like no i'm playing one of the one of the i'm not playing what's it what i'm playing a, a human right <laughs> yes it's wedge antilles
3: <laughs> well, speaking of the naming of uh characters uh there's a, a character called Dak, I think you remember in Yeah in yeah. In, the, in the Snow Speeder scene. That was named by uh, you know George Lucas doing his typical naming characters after dogs thing. Mm. Oh right. Yeah. It was uh named after the Dwayne Dunham Durham, who had who was the uh, assist, assistant editor. He had a dog <laughs> called Dak. And so uh, that's where the character name came from.
4: It's a odd name, Dak, isn't it? For a dog yeah. or
5: or not yeah so you know the big one is indiana and george lucas got the idea for han solo having chewbacca as his co-pilot from driving around with indiana in the car in the passenger seat next to him
3: i think we said that on on doom didn't we
5: on yeah so if you check out our temple of doom episode for more fun Mm. facts about dogs and george lucas
3: (laughs) yeah do you like dogs do you like George Lucas? Do you like <laughs> fun facts? Then check out our Temple Duba. of Doom episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, T Dog, favorite line.
1: Well, I was going to have like one of the Yoda ones because he's got loads of boss things in this, doesn't he? Like, uh, mm. um, do or do not. There is no try and all that bullshit. But um, I had to mm. go with what I said <laughs> before, which is this one. Apology accepted, Captain
4: Nido. <laughs> oh yes. Well, that's quite camp, isn't it? After saying that he's not not as camp in this one, he might as well turn the Cameron Day Roger Moore eyebrow.
1: What you I mean? You mean this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like you say, there are all those classic lines. Uh, I think they've been said to death. So, I will tell you my favourite kind of uh, offbeat line which is when Yoda's going around Luke's little camp when he first arrived at Dagobah and he's going through all the boxes and Luke just says, oh, you're making a mess.
6: <laughs> <laughs> he's a crying
3: little
5: bitch, isn't he? <laughs> and
6: yeah. he's just chucking the stuff out going, meh, meh. So good. Wah!
1: All the men want
5: to be him, and all it's the women great. want to sleep with him.
1: <laughs> Scratch that, reverse it.
5: That's, that's why Baby is so popular. Everybody wants one, but they want to birth it themselves. <laughs> oh, you're making a mess. It's funny, though, that I know we always do favourite lines, but this works so well as like a silent film. There's body language in this. Dave Prowse's performance is so great in this. But then this is the only Star Wars film, I think, That has a literal mute character so you've got Lobot who's uh, Lando's Lando's buddy who kind of runs Cloud City, who doesn't talk at all and there's these when when Han first arrives there's all this like tense fucking body language from Lobot like with these troops and when he sees that they're Mm. friends his body language relaxes and the troops go off and you understand implicitly what has happened Mm. but then there's also a moment when Darth Vader uh, delivers his kind of final fuck you to them of his keeps changing the plan doesn't he famously and Lobot just looks at Lando, and Lando looks back at Lobot, and they don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no. and like you say, le- leading up to that as well is the the first meeting of Lando and and Han, and there's mm. that whole tense there as well. Their body language and stuff, and and it's br- it's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? But then yeah. then that goes straight into Lobot as well, which is awesome as well. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fa- yeah. fantastic. Really yeah. well directed. Yeah. And then the whole. Hand and layer thing as well, the way they are with each other, especially during the hoth bits and stuff like that. There, yeah,
5: yeah, and when they kiss, yeah, yeah.
3: So I've got some personal questions for you. Oh, and earlier we mentioned uh, the Tontons. And Han Solo famously cuts open a Tonton to keep Luke from dying of hypothermia. Gaz, have you ever touched the innards of a wild animal? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I have you made love so.
3: to a big well, hairy
4: bear? I guess. <laughs> I guess when we had cats, and obviously, the, the cats are big fans of torturing smaller animals and leaving
5: them as presents. Ah, okay. So, I yeah, probably have yeah.
4: touched a mouse's innards. Uh, at
5: I two. thought you were going to say about how sometimes a cat will eat some string or wool, and you've got to touch the cat's bum to pull it out. Got to do it slowly to make sure you don't pull out oh. their
3: intestines. <laughs> Like a magician, just keep pulling out handkerchiefs. Right, yeah. Some sort of brown <laughs> trick. It's a kind of magic. All right, Adam. Very much like Han, you pilot your craft from place to place, but what's the naughtiest thing you've ever smuggled? <laughs>
5: Christ. Budgie. Um,
3: well, I couldn't say Trying to say think it. of
5: the worst drugs that you've
1: had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't say it. <laughs> 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 yeah i have i have traveled the length of um great britain with um contraband in my car should we say a long time ago i'm talking almost 20 years ago now so
3: did you have false panels hidden panels in your in your craft
1: no it, it was just um, it. hidden <laughs> oh, yeah well and true keasted it <laughs> but i put it sideways so, uh, you know, really. <laughs>
5: when people find out that what you were smuggling was uh, banned VHS tapes of Clockwork Orange, they're going to be really surprised that you keisted it.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, I know. But really, what I, was, what I was smuggling was joy and happiness and bringing it to the world. Yeah.
5: And making yeah. people happy and the magical.
6: Man. <laughs> From Happyland, <laughs> the
1: gumdrop house on the Lane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Countacula. We see Luke get snogged by his sister while in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. What's the most inappropriate kiss you've ever had?
5: <laughs> see,
1: uh... when we shared that bowl of spaghetti that time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, There's nothing inappropriate about two men enjoying a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Move on to the villain's plot. Desperate to turn young Skywalker to the dark side, Darth Vader captures his companions in order to lure him to Cloud City. While Luke isn't able to rescue his friends, he is able to escape and keep from the clutches of the dark side. So, Adam, what did you think of Lord Vader's scheme? He covers quite a lot of the bases, doesn't
1: he, really? And he does what he sets out to achieve. And he even, with the old bounty hunter thing, he makes sure that should his plan fail, that he's got a backup. And I, th- I personally think it's probably the best plan that we've we've had on here. The only thing he doesn't do is successfully convinces his, his son, his goody two shoes son, I might add, to join him, having a, a good fun time. catatacular
5: Yeah, he he captures Luke in the spider's web, doesn't he? But he, not for the first time, underestimates. The power of sacrifice that Kenobi has very sort of overtly displayed to him in the first film. He still doesn't understand what happened there and what he meant, but that the power of that moment was that Luke does the same thing essentially, which he couldn't have predicted because obviously we we don't see it until later, but it's all implied in his his history. We kind of know a bit is that he he gave in, he took the easy route, the dark side. And wasn't willing to sacrifice, as that turns out to be his whole downfall. So, I think his plan, though, is pretty flawless. He just he didn't understand his opponent.
3: Indeed, uh, you mentioned uh, Obi Wan there. Did you know for this film, Alec Guinness spent one day filming his part.
5: Yeah, I can well imagine he's not in it much, is he? He's, he's a he's a looming he presence, not- though.
3: I'll so give him that. Apparently, he turned up at eight thirty. Was finished by one and uh, was paid 0.25% of the film's gross. Yeah. For that, oh, nice. Which ended up being millions.
5: Yeah. He got a sweet deal out of that. Yeah. yeah.
3: I thought you were going to say threepence
1: then. Millions he was so savvy. For, for four and a half hours work. That was his
5: contract on the first film and George Lucas, because, uh, you know, uh, nobody wanted to make it really. And he waived his director's fee and took a cut and it. And, was it Alan Ladd
1: who was president of Fox?
4: Was like, yeah, <laughs> all right. And the merchandise as well, wasn't it?
1: Scott. Merchandising, merchandising. We got the pitcher's <laughs> name Baseball and everything. Baseball's the flamethrower. <laughs> and last of all, but not least, me.
6: Me, to schwartz me with you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, guys, what do you think of uh, Vader's scheme? Yeah, it's good. He gets Han
4: Solo. He's quite possibly... Ground his sun down enough to finish the job at a later date. So mm. I'd call that pretty successful myself.
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go because it's such a dark and dastardly film where the uh, the bad guys, you'd say, get the better of the good guys. I'm going for. I think it's a high. I can't remember how high we've been before, but thirteen. Florence of broccoli.
1: I think that's uh, uh, top Top banana here, top banana, top broccoli.
3: Before we see how this saga concludes, we'd like to ask you to take a moment to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on the very platform you were listening on. It only takes a moment, but it really is the best way to help us keep making these. So, come on. Don't make me force you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the show where we compete to see who can come up with the best evil scheme to earn scrumptious peril points for the diabolical leaderboard. We'll each share an alternative plan and vote for our favourite at the end. Darth Vader tried to lure Luke to the dark side by using his compassion for his companions against him. Count what would you have done differently?
0: I'll tell you. <laughs> Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father, Vader
5: confidently asserts to Luke. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. True enough, from a certain point of view. The newly anointed Darth Vader had destroyed everything that made him Anakin Skywalker in his pursuit of power. His master, Darth Sidious, had exploited Anakin's fear of losing Padme, as he had previously lost his mother. Had stoked the fire of his frustration with the Jedi, who feared his potential and smothered his growth. Had tempted him with secret knowledge over life and death, known only to adherents of the dark side. If this approach had worked on him, surely it could work again on his son. Their fates rhyming.
0: No. I am your father.
5: No, no! That's not true! That's
6: impossible!
0: It is so true. I can't believe he said that, Slimo. He's a mixer. What did he say happened to your mother? Well, he didn't say. Yeah, because he left her for dead, didn't he? With that, Obi Wan's ghost pops
5: up like the paperclip on Word. For that again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, just wait a minute. You killed her. I just choked her a little bit because you teamed up with her to stage a violent coup against the Senate at Ichuta. Wait a sec. Are you a ghost?
5: I warned you if you struck me down.
0: Damn. That is so wizard. You see this, Luke? I didn't know he could do this. I joined the dark side because my master told me the Jedi were just a bunch of lying little cowards who forbade the knowledge of how to cheat death. All I wanted was to save you and your mother. I knew I had the power within me, but Obi-Wan deliberately held me back. I asked... Is it possible to learn this power? He said, not from a Jedi, and now I know why. What is a Jedi? A miserable pile of secrets. He knew exactly how to cheat death, look, and he never said a fucking word. I didn't know, I... We could have a beautiful ethereal ghost Padme here right now. That was your mum's name, by the way, Padme. And I could have all my arms and legs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I bet he never told you he cut off my arms and legs and left me to burn in a volcano, did he?
5: What? (laughs) Ben?
0: It was an accident. He tried to jump over me. You had to be there. (laughs) Listen, Luke. They call it the dark side to make it sound scary, but what they do, bottling up all their rage and anger, it's just not healthy. It's not normal to do what he did to me. He could have killed me as a mercy, but he just left me to burn. Aren't you angry that he lied to you?
5: Yeah, I'm pretty
0: pissed. Right, join me then. I hate the Emperor. He lied to me too. We can usurp the old goat, restore peace to the galaxy, and save the people we love from dying. I'll get you some sweet black robes, and we can go kill Jabba the Hutt, get your pal back, and cripple all the crime syndicates across the galaxy. Luke
5: loves the sound of sweet black robes, so he turns to the dark side.
0: (laughs) Ah,
5: Very good. Excellent. So, to recap, sweet black
0: robes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've got to say straight away, it's very eerily similar to my plan, which I'm gonna tell you in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very similar. Sweet black robes. <laughs> Almost, but it that that whole exchange. Mm. Um yeah. I I like it. I like it a lot.
5: It's a good angle. He should be angry at the Jedi.
1: Yeah, it's such a good angle that I've I've also approached it from the same angle because I thought it was such a good angle. Interesting.
3: It, it captures the teen drama that I think Luke would really go for. Yeah, <laughs> being a whiny little bitch that he is.
4: Has he seen Obi Wan's Force Ghost prior
5: to this? I can't remember. Anakin. Yeah. Uh, not in not in film continuity. It, it, it may be in the expanded universe. No, not Anakin. Luke.
3: Luke. Yeah, he has. Oh, Luke. Has, Hoss, yeah. Remember? Yes. Go to Dagobah, yeah. you little fucker! Oh, yeah. And then Luke saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying, Obi Wan, Dagobahs. Obi-Wans and Dagobahs.
5: In my tale there, it's it's Vader that's surprised to see a Force ghost. <laughs> and he, uh, he says to Luke, I didn't know they could do this. This is what I was complaining about. Which is a really good point. I wanted to cheat death and they can do it. And they never thought, look at this fucking ghost over here. <laughs> that's his whole beast.
3: Spooky bastard. <laughs> um, Knowing Obi-Wans, he he's not always there when he's needed, is he, Obi-Wan? No. You could rely on no. him to turn up?
5: Well he's not turning up because he's needed in this instance. He's turning up because Vader's accusing him of something and he wants to <laughs> settle the score. He's oh like, well, well hang, on, hang on a minute.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so he's very self-interested. Okay. Right.
1: <laughs> I think your your analogy was, was correct. He turns up like that fucking little paperclip and nobody yeah. needs him to turn up. And he just pops up. Oh, ge- guess who it is? Old smarty pants McGee, if,
5: if we haven't talked about it on the pod before, and I can't remember if we have or not, I was once in the pub with Turner and we were talking about <laughs> David Dickinson.
1: Dickinson's real deal. And
5: uh, people come in and, and they put their like antique on the table. They talk to another valuer who offers them something and every now and then David Dickinson pops up like the paperclip on Word to give them a little piece of advice about their, their antique. <laughs>
6: I've got to say, it's an absolute bobby dazzler. <laughs>
3: That's funny. All right. To give us a bit of variation, if there's no more questions, let's go with, uh, with Gaz.
4: I'm Darth Vader and I'll do what I like. Oh, mate, replies Leek. Oh, don't mate me, mate. I'll knock your bloody block off with my feet, fists, and finally my lightsaber. Look, look at it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, I don't think that's very cool of you, actually. I don't bloody care. My dad's the emperor. And he says, Darth, he says, he says, Darth, you're my special little lad. Don't let anybody give you any lip about your flamboyant cape or your 1970s Milky Way Galaxy-style electric doodad on your chest. Don't do it, Darth. You tell them. You don't bloody care because your dad is me and I'm the emperor. And I said to him, I will. I will do that. Gosh, I don't need your life story, (laughs) mate. Less of your (laughs) lip, please, young man.
1: (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. He's going. He's going.
4: It's basically (laughs) this for a couple more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keep going. Keep going. Less of your lip, please, young man. And I can call you that because I am several years older than you. I've done loads of of things you haven't. I've kissed a girl with tongues. I've taken my GCSE in mathematics and gotten a very good result, actually. Not a passing grade, but still very good, actually. And my dad says he's proud of me. So there. Oh, mate. (coughs) I'm Luke Skywalker, yeah? And I got solid B grades in maths, midichlorian studies, and Welsh, actually. Who the bloody hell do you think you are, Sunshine? Eh? Eh? I've driven a TIE fighter, a Lamborghini, and a Porsche. What have you driven? Just a TIE fighter, I expect. <laughs> Actually, mate, my aunt and uncle's weekend driver was an F1 McLaren before you had them burned to death. If it was you, I don't quite remember. <laughs> ha! An F1 McLaren? That's shit! You don't even know what you're talking about. A Lamborghini or a Porsche would shit all over an F1 McLaren, and that's a fact, <laughs> Jack. Also, I've got a friend who has Ninja Throne stars in his garage, but his mum and dad won't let him play with them until he <laughs> masters the <force. laughs> <sighs> He's doing really well. I'm helping him master his feelings by sending him to the dark side. Oh, really? Dark side, you say. Yes! The dark side! The best side of the force. What do you call your side? The light side, I expect. Stupid bloody name, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, mate, if I come over to the dark side, could I play with your ninja throwing stars too? Well <laughs> I'd have to ask. Would you ask for me then, mate?
5: Yes. <laughs> so I didn't follow all of it, but your plans got something to do with Janet Street Porter. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I couldn't decide what voice I was doing there. <laughs> I lost it a bit, and um, now I've got cramp. <laughs>
5: <laughs> did slip into Michael Caine, Alfred, at one point when you said Lamborghini. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> so, so is the gist of it that you are just going to tempt Luke with ninja stars? Mm.
4: Yes, because what young man throughout the course of his life, has not been tempted by ninja throwing stars.
3: By the shiny, metallic allure of ninja throwing stars. As
4: the old saying goes, Mm, those ninja throwing stars are so tempting, I would turn to the dark side.
3: Mm. (laughs) Uh, That's where you got the idea from.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. That old adage. The old wives' tale Mm. slash saying.
3: Yeah. I remember my (laughs) grand saying that.
5: (laughs) I think if you don't take this too literally, what we're getting is you uh, you could tempt Luke to the dark side by appealing to his kind of teenage desire to be cool. Uh,
4: yeah. Yeah. It's
3: pretty <laughs> good in a way. Gaz did take it very literally, though. That's I see. I see. You just confused him there. <laughs>
4: I suppose it's a happy byproduct of having... The ninja throwing stars that automatically makes you cool. Right. That which he covets doth make him cool.
3: Are there any <laughs> other shiny toys you could tempt Luke with? Uh Samurai Sword. A new speeder. Mm. Cylon face mask. Uh a gift certificate <laughs> for Toshi station to get some power converters. Yeah.
4: A gatefold, uh, vinyl LP of the wall where it's got like uh the, the printed disc. <laughs> It's got the picture on the desk. Mm. That'd be pretty cool.
5: Mm.
4: Hey, teacher,
3: leave those kids alone. Oh, yeah, you'd be sowing <laughs> rebellion yeah. on a musical level.
5: <laughs> uh, Pink Floyd is shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other questions for Garenio? I don't think so. Nah, no. not worth it, is it? All right,
1: Adam. As plans go, Vader has played a blinder. He's captured some very, very important rebel leaders and lured his unsuspecting son in an attempt to get him to carry on in the family business of crushing people's windpipes with the Force. LUBBERLY! Problem is, Luke is the kind of kid that does his chores and washes his hands before dinner and he's not keen on inflicting pain and suffering others. How can Vader who has been an absent father on a dark side lost weekender, convince Luke to join him. After Vader successfully gets Luke to Cloud City, he pops him up in the Carbonite facility, just like in the film, but with a few subtle differences.
2: The Force is with you, young Skywalker, and you're much more than I ever expected.
6: I... I... I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Obi-Wan never told you your father is still alive and not entirely in a good state. He told me you killed him. No, you big dafty. It's me. I'm your blinking dad. (laughs) Impossible. I'm telling you, I'm your dad. Have a think on it. Are your balls tingling a bit? That's how you know it's the truth. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan, he's been keeping loads of stuff from you. Why do you think he's always dead cryptic and vague in what he's saying? He's lying through his teeth. Son. But your troops <laughs> killed Uncle Owen. He was a pedo. That was our galactic pedo unit that killed him. <laughs> Those droids had more in their memory banks than just plans for super weapons, you know. Come to mention
6: it, I always wondered why I couldn't remember finishing my blue milk before bed. Do you like speeders,
2: yeah? <laughs> when the Jedi only give you a crappy speeder and keep telling you to slow down and don't run over that Jawa. Well, the dark side is like having faster speeder in the galaxy. As soon as you pass the test, you can flatten anything you like. It's proper war. Why does your
6: voice <laughs> sound like that?
2: Long story short, I had a fight with Obi-Wan and he left me for dead. Chopped me blinking legs off and left me burning on Mustafar. I need this gear to live.
6: Obi-Wan did that to you.
2: Yeah, and he was always holding me back, telling me to slow down and lying to me about the bloody force of Blinking Snake. Yoda tried to stop me from coming here, said I wasn't ready. Don't get me started on Yoda. He always thought he knew everything, could see the future. He couldn't see this little green nose on his face. Wanted to stop me being trained in the force. <laughs> well, look at me now! <laughs>
6: what will happen to my friends, to the rebels?
2: Your friends can stay here. It's nice here. Do you like that princess? Something about her, I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Luke, who rules the galaxy: rebels or emperor. It's all part of the same system. They both need getting rid of. We can start something new. Something good. Come with me, Luke. It is the only way. Uh... I'll show you how to do a forced joke. You son of a bitch,
1: I'm in. <laughs> Very good, very good, very there good. You go. So you can see why Craig <laughs> and I were along the same wavelength with that yeah. one.
5: <laughs> Reminded me of one of Gaz's plans. Speed was it? Griff North Yorkshire accent. The, it's it's uh, the similar
1: yeah. it's the similar thing, kind of like what what Craig was getting at in a way that um, Luke has been lied to by he had been lied to by Obi Wan and by Yoda and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the same way as Vader had been lied to as well. So I was trying to get them to bond over that kind of issue. There,
5: it's quite similar to the plot of the sequels, isn't it? The in the sequels, they kind of Kylo Ren wants Ray to agree that both the Jedi and the Sith should be forgotten, and they should start something Mm. new.
1: Yeah, he's he doesn't really. He's not. He's more. He's just more forceful than he is trying to trying to Mm. convince her. He's just like, I'm telling you, this is what it's like. Fucking do it or get out. You yeah. fucking do it, yeah. oh, fuck
4: off, will you? Yeah, I, t- I took it that he was fibbing and they're going to bump off the Emperor, but it's still going to be the Empire. So like, oh, yeah, I love all the stormtroopers mm. there. They can be my army. Yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. Don't want to get rid of them.
3: It
1: yeah. cost a bloody fortune <laughs> to make in a bat. That's don't,
3: it. Yeah, yeah, don't throw the uh, baby out with the bathwater. That's
1: it, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. There's always got to be something new, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be the, the rebellion or it's not going to be the empire, but it'll be something new. It'd be like new labour, wouldn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Any further questions? No. All right, then I will bring us home in a manner befitting the podcast. Seducing someone to the dark side is very much like making love to your partner. It's a vicious struggle for power based entirely on hate, fear, and suffering. If you've ever been in a long-term relationship, you'll know what I'm saying. Am I right, lads? Hey? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Relationships, innit? not and dull. Ooh, sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 the problem is, If you start out with all that negative emotion, the person you're trying to seduce is going to run a mile, as Luke does in the film. What Darth Vader should have done is start out slow. You know, like the early stages of a relationship where everything's fresh, new, and exciting. Since he grew up in a religion that frowned on relationships, he had no opportunities to learn any of this. So here are a few tips on attracting people from an expert. Me. <laughs> Tip number one peacocking. Dress in a flashy and colorful way in order to draw attention. Examples include bright, shiny shirts, light up jewelry, or a colorful cowboy hat. So, Vader heads to the commercial district in Cloud City and picks up a sparkly sequin cape from Lando's tailor, and perhaps some neon tube lighting to accent his bulbous helmet. Tip two. Never approach a potential partner from behind. Always come from the front, but at a slight angle, so it's not too direct and confrontational. Speak over your shoulder so it looks like you might walk away at any minute. So when Vader approaches Luke, he will do so diagonally, addressing (laughs) him in a nonchalant over-the-shoulder manner. He wants Luke to think that he has more important things going on than this conversation. (laughs) Tip three. Most potential partners respond well to routines involving tests, psychological games, fortune-telling and cold reading. Vader will use his mastery of the Force to tell Luke a few bits about his future.
0: I foresee that you'll soon receive some big news about your family. (laughs) Or... I see a new darker look with a fancy glove in your future.
3: (laughs) Tip 4. Negging otherwise known as the act of emotional manipulation, where a person makes a deliberate backhanded compliment or otherwise flirtatious remark to another person to undermine their confidence and attempt to engender a need for approval. So here Vader might say something like,
0: Nice lightsaber. Did your daddy give it to you? (laughs) Or, You're impressive. Most impressive. But I'm not sure you're quite right for the dark side.
3: Finally, with Luke frothing at the mouth for a sweet taste of the dark side, (laughs) Vader should extract him to a seduction location. So we're private, but non-threatening. Vader immediately thinks silk sheets, wall-to-wall leopard print, and mood lighting. He takes Luke by the hand and heads to Lando's private quarters to make a deal that Luke will beg not to alter.
5: Do you know what? It's weird, because after gimmick... The first thing I wrote down about Turner's plan was make out Obi-Wan as a pedo. But your plan is the plan that I've titled
1: Pedo Plan. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, seducing his son. Well, Luke's of age, isn't he? Yeah, seducing his own son, though.
3: Yeah, to the dark mm. side. You of, know, he's just his, attracting the
5: him. dark side of his fucking...
3: He's not going to make <laughs> sweet love to him. He's just going to, you know, he's just going to make Luke really like think that he's awesome and kind of fall for him in a very <laughs> platonic way
5: what I do find interesting about your plan Ben is I think you talked yourself out of it before you really started when you <laughs> told us all that because of Vader's life he doesn't know how to, to do this all this advice you said was from you, Peacocking and stuff you're the expert, so how does Vader pull this off? Uh, he's um,
1: probably Men's Health magazine probably, that's got loads of advice in it, not it? Does that
5: exist in the Galaxy far, far away. Probably, what I've I've been able to do, more likely,
3: is being in Japan for so long. I've, I've kind of been able to find a way to prolong my life beyond death. I see, kind of like a, like an astral projection. So you're going to be able to live into the past, a long, long time ago. Yeah, exactly.
5: Wow, the cyclical nature of the universe.
3: It's all cycles, my
5: friend. Okay, let me just write cyclical nature of the universe, and then we can move on. <laughs> I would argue that Vader does know how to seduce a lady. The way to seduce a lady is to fascinate her with a pear
1: and then slice it in midair. Yeah, exactly.
5: And then you force feed her with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> and then you you tell her that her shoulder is smooth,
1: <laughs> and you don't like sand. <laughs> yeah,
3: it gets in my vagina. It makes me feel all horrid. Like 20 minutes
5: prior, she's saying, oh, Anakin, you'll always be a little boy. And then he's like, oh, your skin is smooth. And she's like, I would fuck a kid. And when he grows up...
3: <laughs> oh, Anakin, that's hard. He's carved out a deport snippet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So since you have no... Way of picking apart my flawless plan. Let's. Uh, I got on one more. I got one more.
5: You said that he impresses him with his fortune telling, but we do get told yeah. in this film that that's not how it works. Well, his emotion in the future is can't see what he's wearing. Uh,
3: Vader's better than Yoda, obviously. <laughs> Fair
5: enough. <laughs> or does he? He doesn't use the Force to do it. He just uses his actual tarot deck, which obviously is is much more reliable. Yeah.
3: It's not as hokey. All right, some absolutely diabolical schemes there. Now it's time to vote. As a reminder, we had Count Attacula's lesson in family history, Gaz's ninja star temptation, Adam's lesson in family history, <laughs> and Ben's forceful pickup. Remember that each vote is worth exactly one point for the leaderboard. No more, but certainly no less. Mm. Go on, Gaz, you look ready.
4: Tell us who you vote for. I voted for the one and only T-Dog. T-Dog. one Northern Vader.
1: Thank you very much. I thought I was hoping you might appreciate that, seeing as you're the, the one who spurned the first gruff Northern tone. So thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Adam, who did
3: you vote for?
1: I have voted for Buckaroo Benji in the ninth dimension. But who is
3: that? Oh, that is Ben. <laughs> I'm going to assume that's me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And uh, Count Tacular, who have you voted for?
5: <gasps> the one and only T Dog.
3: Oh my goodness! Thank you very much. And it's a it's a clean sweep for T Dog because I too have voted Shit. for T Bone. T Bone video. (laughs) It was an excellent conversation with yourself. (laughs) So Gaz, what does that do to the diabolical leaderboard? Quite a big change this week, apart
4: from at the top, Mm. because at the top Mm. with 17 points is still counter-tacular, but Mm. leaping into second place with 14 points is T-Dog, Adam. Ooh in third place with 13 points is Bern and bringing it the rear once more is me with 12 points.
5: I got a good feeling about next week for you guys. I think it's going to be in your wheelhouse.
3: Well speaking of next week Captain Tacular you'll be yeah. hosting. So please tell us what film are you insisting we watch?
5: Well I told you at some point in this season, after we did the uh, two thousand one a space odyssey, I'd treat you to my favourite Stanley Kubrick film. And so, the film we'll be watching next week is Baddie Linden. Ooh.
7: Ooh.
3: Never be a first seen it. For me. I've never seen it. Never seen it. He's a G. Yeah. He's an O G G. He's
5: uh he's
3: something alright. So that's it for another episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on your podcast platform of choice so you never miss an episode. But most importantly, tell your friends about us. Growing up, we were just plain old farm boys working on our uncle's moisture farm. But deep down, we knew we were destined for greater things. We need your help to fulfill that destiny. Tell your friends that we are the most entertaining group since Big Rin Dan and the Moon Nodes, <laughs> even if you don't believe it in your heart of hearts. It's a white lie we can all live with comfortably until we're old and grey. Follow us on social medias at DiabolicalPod throughout the week for more weapons-grade drivel. And join us next time when we'll be delving into Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. And as always, remember, do or do not, there is no try.
1: And make it so. (laughs)
3: How this you, a a I can't hear <laughs> there you go. That's better.
1: That? That's better. Yeah, much better. Say again. Right, let's go again. Start again.
5: Penny for your thoughts.
3: Rocking, rocking and, and rolling. Rollin'.
4: Down, down to, to the, the beach, beach I'm,
3: I'm
2: strolling.
4: But, but The, the seagulls, seagulls poke at my,
2: my head. head. Not, not fun, fun I, I said. Seagulls. seagulls mm. stop, stop it, it
7: now.
6: now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone told me not to stroll on that beach. Said, Seagulls gonna come. Poke me in the coconut. And they did. And they did. And it go like, (laughs) 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 nothing I could do but run. When these birds attack me, when I tried to run, I fell. Then these kids start laughing. And then got hit in the neck with a hacky sack. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd it come from?
1: I could sing the whole flipping thing, but I'm not gonna. Come on, carry on, then. <laughs> run, gotta uh, run, 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 jump. Run, jump. I could be back,
6: back, man, run, swing
5: from a hairy vine. I could be back back while he climbs. Run run, 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 jump, now
6: stop, and stop. Put, Put me down. down. I, I like to groove and boogie. Yeah, show you some dance moves. Ooh-hoo. if I had no, your no, I giant you feet out there on the beach, <laughs> could have outrun those birds. You're a psycho wiener. Let me grab my beater. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ding, 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 ding,
1: ding. I remember the rest of it. I, I wish I
3: was... wasn't so dang sweet,
5: so dang sweet, so dang sweet. I wish I wasn't so dang sweet. You are like cinnamon. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
3: it's really in time. That's that's music, baby.
5: <laughs>
3: It'll be oh, in I'm time amazing. when I edit it.
5: They we're gonna sort that out in the dub!